Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there? Hope you guys are doing well, staying warm if you're where I am and it's, you know, 20 degrees out, maybe even 10 degrees out with some snow and ice on the ground. And I almost slipped and fell walking in here today. I didn't have my, uh, my snow boots on. And why is that? Well, we have an event to do tonight. Yeah, that's right. Well, we'll get into that here in just a moment. But uh, so we want to first thank you if you are a regular subscriber to the episode. Thank you for tuning in. Um, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about keeping your bike safe. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be talking about Tiger Lock, uh, which is over on Kickstarter right now. We're going to be interviewing here uh, uh, Jim Laughlin in just a moment. We, we got down to talking about you know, what it's like. I mean, they ran their first Kickstarter in 2011. And since then, they've done four other campaigns. So we get into you know, what's new, what's changed, um, what are things that they're seeing behind the scenes. And then also what was intriguing about this conversation was you know, these guys are, uh, have lots of products. So they are manufacturing all the time. So we get into you know, the pitfalls or what to look for, um, how, how, to, how to work with your vendors, uh, sort of, and, and, and navigating those waters. So this conversation, um, you know, if you're somebody that's you know, getting ready to, to launch a product or work in that field, I think you're going to really enjoy uh, uh, what we get into uh, coming up here in just a little bit. So, um, so like I said before, we have an event tonight. Uh, and what does that mean? That means uh, Woodshed is going to be you know, up tap dancing in front of some people. And we're going to be talking about social media um, you know, and, and how to do it in today's world or how we think you should do it. Um, I guess there's a whole bunch of different ways to do it. But, uh, you know, I'm going to give some props out to, uh, to Sean. He's uh, sitting to the, next, to the right of me, cranking, uh, cranking out on a, uh, on a deck, uh, building out our keynote presentation. Um, he's, just, he's doing a lot of clicking, right? A lot of clicking for the last 18 hours. So, uh, you know, we're going to have that done here, and then we're going to uh, get up tonight and bebop and scat in front of, uh, I don't even know. 50 people, 100 people, I don't even know. But uh, so we've got that tonight. So that's what we're prepping for today. So that's, that's where our focus is, is, you know, making sure that we, when we get up on the, uh, the stage, put that in quotations that we, uh, you know, we hit a home run, maybe even a grand slam. Who knows? We'll see, you know. Uh, but yeah, but, so we got that going on um, outside of just trying to stay warm here in the, uh, the old Michigan area. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that's, what's been going on around here. We're, 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 you know, we're, we're starting to experience what it's like to, to bring on a healthy amount of new contractors from the holiday seasons. We're starting to, um, you know, starting to make sure we're getting to our workflows. We've got a new project manager. We're really buttoning up a lot of our backend systems to make sure that we're, um, you know, that we're efficient. Uh, we're not losing money. We're, uh, we're on top of stuff and we're producing, you know, great results. And I'll tell you, as a small business owner, that is, that is, there's a lot, there's a lot on the plate there with that. A lot of plates spinning, making sure everybody's up to speed, getting the stuff out of your head and, and making sure that you're communicating that to, uh, you know, uh, communicating your wants correctly so that um, you don't have, you know, somebody that you're paying to do something four or five times. You want to, you know, ideally, you want to do them maybe once with one, with one sort of edit. So, you know, we've got a lot of that going on. And then last week, gave you guys a little hint. One of the conversations that have been floating around here in the office with myself and Sean and a couple other people, let's just say I sent, I sent some emails thinking about maybe getting the band back together yeah oh yeah yeah Woo. yeah yeah sean's in so we're thinking 
that we should maybe play a show, right? You know, the old sugar people, you know, the music that I play as the bumpers and the music at the outros of each one of these things, you know, maybe we should go out and, uh, and play some of that. And mind you, if, if you want to go hear some more of it, it's called the sugar people. You can go check it out. You can do some, uh, you go to sh the old Spotify or Google, whatever. I don't even know wherever it's somehow it's on everywhere. I don't really know how it got there, but it's everywhere. Um, but yeah, you know, so the conversations around, well, well, one, it starts with my therapist saying that I should play guitar again. So that, that's, that's the first part um, is, you know, maybe, maybe I should do at least one thing in my life that's, you know, maybe for myself, you know, playing a little bit of guitar, which, you know, I, I enjoyed playing the guitar back in the day. So that's one, that's one thing that would be maybe helpful for me personally. But I think also, um, I had a moment not too long, you know, a couple, uh, I guess it's like a week ago now, maybe two weeks ago. You know, where my kids, you know, who were not around, uh, found the catalog and was going through it, um, you know, listening to it on the old Amazon and you hear them like asking for more songs. And uh, that's a nice moment. And uh, definitely uh, my selfishness is thinking that, um, you know, it'd be nice for them to see, uh, maybe see a show, maybe see it played live once or twice, you know, maybe see the old dad up there uh, uh, ripping and roaring on a six string. Who knows? But um, but yeah, that's something that we're... Uh, that we're thinking about, you know, we're pondering, putting together, you know, uh, how much would this is cost in terms of time and energy and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, so stay tuned. I'll kind of keep everybody updated here on the podcast. What, what what's happening with it right now? I've sent some emails to a couple people in my in my circle, in my camp, um, that I think could help with like putting the music together. The, you know, being a music director, putting the parts together. So, yeah, that's something that we're batting around back here. Yes. So exciting stuff, exciting stuff. So um, as if we don't have enough on our plates, right? From uh, building uh, social media decks to putting the band deck together uh, and running an agency. Why not, why, not, why not try to do that too? So those are some of the stuff that's going on. I, I think I've rambled enough. So again, if you are a, a regular listener, number one, thank you. Um, we couldn't do this without you. Um, so make sure uh, to leave a review over on iTunes. Make sure if you're not a regular listener, this is your first time, hit the subscribe button. Um, we are going to be starting to ramp up uh, in the spring here where we're going to get be getting to two episodes a, a week. That's the goal here. Um, we've got some people helping us out in the back end to, to make sure that that starts to happen. And um, yeah, so uh, again, do those things for us. They help out immensely. And um, yeah, and if you're in, you know, you got to, figure out how to lock up your uh, lock up your bikes go check out tiger lock so uh let's let's go ahead and jump into my conversation here with with james from tiger lock i'm picking up from where i left off take a step since you're closer i'm better off it doesn't matter where we should go doesn't matter for we both know everything that has all right jim the red light's on so don't get nervous just, we're just gonna have a conversation. Uh, let's start off uh, by doing just a simple sound check here. Um, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? I had scrambled eggs and coffee. All right. Anything fancy in those scrambled eggs, or, or just just eggs? You put any peppers in them? Any onions? Uh, what's it, the uh, the diced ham from Trader Joe's and a little bit of cheddar cheese? Nice, nice. That's it. That's a that's a tasty breakfast. Awesome, awesome. Keto friendly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I, yeah, I think we're sounding good. I hear everything good on my end. Um, so why don't we jump right into it? Why don't you tell my listeners um, what you're currently raising money for over on Kickstarter? We are raising money for uh, a bicycle lock. That it's a, a tiger. So uh, tiger lock. It's a new, our latest uh, version of a lock. So um, it's it's a lightweight, strong bike lock. 
Awesome. Awesome. So it seems like that's a, there's a lot, lot of stuff on the market for our people who can't see right now and they're just listening. Kind of how do you describe it? What, what makes this thing special? What makes it unique? You know, kind of, because I know I've seen it. It looks, it, it looks like a completely unique lock, but how do you kind of describe it to people? Well, um, we describe it as uh, strong and lightweight. Bike locks, you know, are, can be a drag to carry and, and they can be kind of awkward to use. And, and um, so what we've tried to come up with is a lock that is uh, effective and that it's hard to break and secures your bike, but it uh, doesn't weigh you down and doesn't slow you down when you lock up at unlock. So um, we try to use materials that uh, allow us to make a lock that's pretty flexible, that helps make it easy to use and um, is also light. So that's that's the main. That's cool. That's awesome. And is it for like any sort of like a specific bike? Is it like a, like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, not much of a biker myself. Uh, I live in Detroit, you know, the motor city here. So we, we have to drive uh, across the street if we need to. Uh, but, you know, is it something that like, it's for like the everyday commuter using uh, using their bike? Is it more of like, a, like in the racing community? Who, who's it mostly for? Uh, it's for anyone who wants to lock up their bicycle. And we our intended use is for bicycles, but people can use it for other things. And both like pedal bicycles and electric bicycles. And, you know, commuters, people who are um, just running errands on their bicycles, but also people who are going out on like training rides and need to stop for lunch or, you know, leave their bike for a little while. We also hear from a lot of people who go on bicycle tours uh, where weight is a big issue. So if they can save a couple pounds, that means they can carry a couple pounds of something else with them. On their tour sure yeah that makes sense yeah that totally makes sense so you know what inspired you to sort of get into making a bike lock i mean it seems like there's a lot of things to sort of manufacture in the world why did you want to tackle uh tackle the uh the bike lock world well uh two things one uh we by we i mean my 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 brother john and my dad bob um uh have been in the bike or in the lock industry for quite a while my dad my dad has been in the lock industry, the physical security business since the 70s. So, um, and he, you know, has just a keen uh, interest in, in locks and physical security and things like that. And uh, we've also been sort of avid cyclists our entire lives. My dad used to commute by bicycle back in the early 60s when we lived in uh, Palo Alto, California. Um, so, um, anyway, we, we, uh, we, um, we had this idea to use titanium for a bike lock because we really like the sort of material properties of titanium. And so our first Kickstarter campaign was uh, making a bike lock out of titanium. That was back in 2011. And Tiger Lock, we've been making them since then. They've been really effective and people like them quite a lot. And we've got tens of thousands of them out in the world, people using them. Um, but then uh, about a little over a year ago, we started playing with some other materials um, and thinking if we could, uh, you know, find a way to lower the cost of the locks, because titanium is quite expensive. Um, so, um, you know, for this current project, the, the Tiger Blue, the the goal was to reduce the cost without compromising on security in any way, and also without compromising on weight in any way. So what we've got here is a lock that's, you know, less than 500 grams, so still really light. Um, but uh, just as easy to use, almost a little bit easier to use than our other product because it's so flexible. And so the material that enables that is this uh, high carbon blue steel, hardened high carbon blue steel, which um, is very thin, but very hard, hard to cut with bolt cutters and hacksaws and things like that. Interesting, interesting. So what starts the process when you're looking at like, maybe, you know, a past product 
and thinking about how to make it better? Like, like, does that come from customer feedback? Does that come internally? Does that just come from the world? There's a new product out there that we can use. Like, like where does that start in a, in a company like yours? Well, for us, it, it, it started as a challenge. Like, you know, the initial one was like, how do we make this out of titanium? Like, and we tried a bu bunch of different iterations in terms of, you know, um, you know, uh, the shape of the titanium and the, 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 you know, titanium comes in different, you know, alloys and which particular alloy, alloy do you use? And then with the lock, like, hey, do you hold it together? What kind of lock mechanism do you use? Um, so for us, at first, it was more of our own, just came from ourselves as a challenge to try to sort of use this material in a way. Um, and um, that, that was the initial uh, impetus. And then with this, this latest one, it was about how do we, um, you know, after getting all this feedback from people who are using it, like, you know, we know what people like about it and don't like about it. And so how do we emphasize what's like, what, what's, what's great about it without, um, you know, taking anything away and then using a, a new material. That's cool. Now, it sounds like for you, you have a lot of these, from, from what we're talking about, you have manufacturing, you, you, you've been doing this a while. This isn't like your first, you didn't make this in your garage and now you're trying to figure out manufacturing and that sort of stuff. But how, how does it make it easier knowing a lot of these other resources, you, like you already have these resources, how does that change in terms of helping with designs or helping with um, maybe the idea of like you could create, you know, creation, that sort of stuff, because maybe you're not limited by knowing what the manufacturing process is going to look like. Does that make sense? Like, how, like how does that help when you're shaping a, a new product like this, knowing that you have some of these resources? Yeah, that helps. I mean, so we make the stuff ourselves. By we, my brother, John, actually does the manufacturing. John's, John's the mechanical engineer. I'm the more the sales, marketing, business development guy. But, um, but we, we, we do them ourselves. We like everything's sort of made. We don't keep a lot of inventory. And, um, Anyway, we've got a pretty good process down, and we rely heavily on our vendors. And, and so manufacturing is done in New Jersey. Most of our key vendors, suppliers are in New Jersey. So we, um, we, we think about like where we can source the product, you know, the, the, the raw materials that we need. Like, for example, for this steel, there's a, a vendor in not far from, from our shop in New Jersey that's like one of the best vet, you know, suppliers in the world for this high-quality uh, blue steel, which is a very specialized material. And so having them close by um, was really exciting for us because we've been working closely with them. So uh, I don't know if I'm going too far afield on your qu initial question, but yeah, no, I mean, no, it sounds like you're using like these resources around you of just knowing the industry, knowing the people, and that allows you to create a product that ultimately becomes successful. You know, like you have a lot, you've checked off a lot of these boxes so far. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty personal for us. Like we make each one, we have, you know, we try to maintain that we've used the same vendors for all the key products from the beginning and we want to keep doing so. And so we like doing it. We like working with these people we work with. We like, we like the, the, um, the people who we meet who are using our product, especially our Kickstarter backers. You know, it's all, you know, it's, uh, th that's all important to us. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned, I mean, this is the second campaign. Um, what made you come back to Kickstarter to launch this one? Uh, like, 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 what are the internal conversations, especially since you're on the sales side? You know, what is the conversations of like, hey, we we should use crowdfunding instead of just selling it on a website or big box retail, whatever it is. Why Kickstarter um, for a product like this? Yeah, this is actually our fourth campaign. So, oh, fourth uh, campaign, sorry. Yeah, but why Kickstarter? It's a good question. We think about it every time. Do we need to do the Kickstarter thing? But we like it because. Um, because the feedback you get immediately from people. First, just the idea when you put it out there and you can tell from the reaction from people. Um, 
you know, we, we get feedback that way. And then we get to make, do our first production run, which can be limited volume. Um, but, um, you know, we, it, having the time to get the pre-orders and then go through the production run, um, you know, enables us to sort of work through the, you know, just learn how to make the thing in an efficient way. And then getting it out there, we get, you know, Kickstarter backers provide great feedback. They're like, it's just a great community to go back to with questions and they, you know, to get feedback from them. You know, they're, they feel Kickstarter backers, and I'm a Kickstarter backer myself, you know, you feel kind of invested in the thing that you've backed. And so um, it's just, it, it, it's all been a really positive experience for us. So we like watching the Kickstarter. Yeah, that's cool. And do you find that pretty regularly you guys are making um adjustments based on a kickstarter so again kickstarter happens it's successful that you go to manufacturing and boy we should have made it just these little tweaks you know will make it better do you find that that happens pretty regularly yeah well like for example um uh well we, we came out with, with with one shape and then you know we got a lot of good feedback on that but a lot of the feedback was like hey, which is like a little bit bigger you know which it seems pretty intuitive and you know uh, we don't need Kickstarter backers to tell us that, but it just helped reinforce what was should have been obvious to us. Anyway, so we came out with a slightly bigger one, and no one was really asking for a steel version of, of our lock, but um, you know, we we just thought that this was different enough that uh, you know it was worth a shot and that people would like it. And you know, for this one, we launched last week uh, the Tiger Blue Mini Plus, and um, you know, the initial response was really positive, so we're really excited about that. Yeah. How do you know on a product like this um, that you've gone far enough to, you know, go to the Kickstarter? So again, knowing that it's going to, that it could be tweaked, it could be changed. It, it may be a little bigger, whatever it might be um, before you actually ship it. How do you know though, that you're ready to, I'm going to go ahead and put this on Kickstarter. I think we've gone far enough with our prototype or whatever it is. Well, yeah, that's a good question. So we initially were hoping to launch last June, but we, we kept pushing it back because we, um, we were getting feedback and using it ourselves and just like, it wasn't, we didn't feel like we were quite there yet. And so we, we, we wanted to make little tweaks to it. And for this one, we felt like we were ready to go. We made a bunch of prototypes. We, people were using them and, and giving us feedback, but you know, with bike locks, there are these organizations in Europe that will do testing and certification of the bike lock. And so with this one, we really wanted to go through that process before we launch so that when, when we launch, we tell people we've already been through that process. So, we got the seal of approval from, um, you know, uh, or an organization in the United Kingdom called Sold Secure, and then there's another organization in the Netherlands called ART, the Art Foundation. So they take a really sophisticated approach to evaluating locks. So that was a real having their sort of stamp of approval was was uh, really important to us on this one. Interesting. So while you were in that delaying process and and trying to get. Uh, those certifications that you're mentioning, what were you looking for maybe data wise, maybe, or like on the sales side, were you looking for certain numbers or, or, or I want to hit, you know, a thousand subscribers. What, what were you trying to hit? So again, I, I, a lot of our people listening are new to Kickstarter. They're always nervous about when to launch. And, you know, I, I say trust the data, but what were you guys maybe looking for um, behind the scenes? Well, since we've already done a few Kickstarter campaigns and we've been in business for a few years, we, we, we have, um, you know, I feel like we have a bit of a platform in terms of like emails and, and you know, people we can reach out to. So um, I wanted to have a certain number of people. So I, I sent out an email to our email list and, you know, different segments of our email list and said, hey, we're planning to make this lock. We wanted, we're going to do another Kickstarter campaign. If you're interested in getting like a pre-launch notification, please, you know, let us know and uh, we'll send out a pre-launch notification. 
And so um, we, uh, that, I, that worked out pretty well for us because on launch day or a couple of days before, I was able to send out emails to um, you know, a good number of people. And I didn't know what the response rate would be from there, but at least I knew like initially the response rate was pretty good so that um, uh, we, we had people who were already telling us they'd be interested in if we launched it. But I didn't have like a specific number like, hey, we won't launch until we hit this number. But um, anyway, that's. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So, you know, with what would you say is the biggest difference between the first campaign to where you are right now? What have you noticed is like a difference in the community, uh, the, the Kickstarter space, you know, uh, what you're raising? What, what do you feel like is the biggest differences in, in, uh, in that time span? Well, there's a whole economy around Kickstarter now. And our first campaign was 2011. Kickstarter was, you know, we launched like the week of their first year anniversary. So um, Kickstarter was, was still a pretty new and novel idea. And um, we got a lot of it, like we got a lot of press without having to do any work because, uh, because Kickstarter itself was getting press. There weren't that many campaigns out there. So we benefited from that. Now it's a lot harder to get people to pay attention to your campaign and you have to do a lot more work and you get all kinds of solicitations from all kinds of uh, people who want to help you drive traffic and eyeballs to the launch. So, uh, which is great, but you know, there's a lot of noise you, you need to sort through. Sure. 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 And how do you feel like the overall feedback's been on your products throughout this? Is there, have you noticed again in this imagining, um, you know, somebody else may be making two or three products. Do you see like an ebb and flow? Are you comfortable with that? Or do you see like every product just keeps getting a little bit better? Or as a company, we just, we keep improving, improving, improving. What, what, what is it like kind of for you guys behind the scenes? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the question. Yeah. Just in terms of like, you've made multiple products, right? You've had, yeah. And you have multiple products. So like, do you find that, you know, some products just hit the market and they're just really successful. Some products, Hey, they, you know, they're good, but they struggle a little bit. And how do you sort of ride that wave when you're making multiple products and, 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 you know, or is it just something that you're like, Hey, just, we're just trying to improve every single, you know, this product was better. This is version three of really version one. And we just keep getting better and better. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to expand our, our, who our product appeals to. So, um, uh, so we're trying to, um, I think my, I think the answer to that is we're, we're trying to broaden our appeal to people. And so we're trying to learn from, you know, what works and then, um, and then what doesn't work and then make changes based on that. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, it's, it's just, we, you know, very, very rarely do I talk to somebody who has multiple products or has been in business for a while. Right. And, and doing Kickstarters, it's usually like, yeah, this is our first one, <laughs> you know, you know, so I always find that it's interesting to kind of think about when you're starting to sort of build a company, right. You're building inventory, you're building, you know, and does this, does this product just expand or does it just, it's just better for that niche. Um, you know, just, you know, or, or you're just going to play in that niche. You know, you're just like, literally if you're a, uh, you know, if you're somebody who lives in, in a downtown city, and you have a bike, you, you know, our product is just literally for you. Or is it spreading it out a little bit farther and saying, yeah, it could be anybody who does this or whatever it might be. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's always interesting when, when people have multiple products. Yeah. We're pretty focused on, um, you know, a niche though. Like, you know, um, our products are, uh, you know, I say anyone who rides a bike needs to lock up their bike, but not everyone needs, like people, the level of security people need varies quite a bit. Um, we're, we're thinking right sort of in the sweet spot, like our locks are comparable to 
like the most common U locks you see out there in terms of security. But there are definitely locks that weigh like much more than ours do that you know, are, take more time to defeat. And there are also locks that are cost a lot less than ours do that you know are easy to defeat, but are good enough for a lot of applications. Yeah. So you know, so back to, over to the Kickstarter a little bit. So what is your like day to day? what's your day-to-day -day like in the middle of a campaign? What are you doing on a consistent basis to continue driving traffic, monitor backers, that sort of stuff? So we are, um, we're reaching out to, you know, um, to people who can help drive traffic to us, both outside of Kickstarter and within Kickstarter. And um, um, we haven't done this yet. We launched last week, but um, we'll start adding, uh, you know, looking for other uh, projects to collaborate with who we can, we can like, you know, when we do an update, we can add a link to their project on our page and, and you know, they reciprocate, you know, it's a way to share uh, projects with people because, you know, Kickstarter is a community and, you know, a lot of people go to Kickstarter not knowing what they're looking for in particular, just, you know, looking at all the interesting things that are up there. So um, anyway, so things like that. Um, so reaching out to the, you know, others who have projects that might, we might be able to, who might, we might be able to help and vice versa. And then also, you know, just trying to let people, um, you know, in the press or bloggers or, you know, uh, social media influencers, you know, know about it. So, you know, they might share the project with their, uh, with their audience. Um, so this is a great thing to do. Thank you very much for reaching out. Um, but the whole idea is like, just to, you know, get the word out because, you know, it only, it's only live for a certain number of days. So it's a pretty mad dash during the thing. You know, while the campaign is running, to uh, to you know, get the word out. Sure. So, I mean, we actually we forgot to mention this, or I I forgot to mention this, but I mean, right now you had a, a relatively low goal, only five thousand. But after a week, you know, you guys are uh, about thirty six thousand. Um, when we're taping this right now, so and, and I, ideally it'll probably still be going up when we uh, when we uh, hit the publish on this button. So, why did you come at it with like such a low goal? Um, instead of having maybe a goal like 30,000 or 40,000, what, what was the reasoning behind coming out of the gate with a, a $5,000 goal? Well, we knew that we wanted to, uh, we're going to launch the product and we didn't, it's, you know, um, yeah, it, it, anyway, for, for us, since we're making this stuff ourselves or sort of ordering the you know, materials, like there's not a huge sort of upfront like we didn't need a bunch of cash to do like expensive tooling or to place minimum orders or things like that. So we knew we were going to make it. We wanted, we just know, wanted to make sure we were going to cover the cost of our, like, you know, we paid a little bit of money to make a video, a couple thousand dollars and, and things like that. We want to make sure we're going to cover those costs. Um, so uh, we, we thought about what the goal ought to be. And, and so we, anyway, we, we chose $5,000 cause that would definitely cover like those basic costs of just like doing the Kickstarter campaign. And then, um, um, yeah, that's how we came up with that. Gotcha. Okay. And has there been, I mean, I know it's only been a week, but has there been anything kind of unique in your dashboard that you've been like, oh, that's interesting. We've got a lot of sales in <laughs> Singapore. I don't know. You know, just anything that's, that's sort of stuck out at this point that's been kind of, kind of interesting. Well, so I'll say this is kind of interesting. Uh, there's two things. One, we're getting a lot of, uh, backers from Virginia, which is great. I don't, that's, um, that's not been a, a, a big market. Anyway, that, that's stood out for some reason, which is great. Thank you very much, people in Virginia. We're excited about that. Um, and then another thing is interesting, just internationally, you know, Kickstarter is all great. It's an international platform and, um, you know, that's always good. And, and th there's not much different this time around than the last times, except for the fact that uh, apparently in Japan, 
uh, crowdfunding is, is, uh, must be very popular. But I think in Japan, J Japanese consumers must, you know, prefer to see, you know, product descriptions and things in Japanese. So what we're, <laughs> this is just interesting. We're getting a lot of solicitations from people in Japan who want to uh, manage crowdfunding campaigns for us there. Um, yeah, so we have a partner in Japan who we, uh, we've been working with for a while and, and so who we'd like a lot. But anyway, that's, that's the difference. Now, in a scenario like that, do you envision that would be um, just making your page accessible in language and that sort of stuff? Or is it like crowdfunding just in Japan to some degree, which I don't even know if that exists or not, but. It does exist. And it's, um, yeah, apparently it's a, so my understanding is it, it's not Kickstarter. You know, it's a, a, there, there's three or four uh, platforms in Japan that are popular. Um, yeah, uh, that's very interesting. Now, are you guys doing anything sort of around, you know, like when you're budgeting out a campaign, and, and this might not completely apply because you knew you were going to make the product no matter what, but were you budgeting of like, hey, we, you know, if we hit 100,000, this happens, you know, stretch goals could happen or different type, types of things. Um, we want to spend this amount on ads. You know, was it a part of a bigger sort of launch strategy for the product in general? Um, yeah, well... Um, yeah, I mean, there's, we'll, we'll evaluate if we're going to add like stretch goals. Um, I'm not sure we're, we're, um, but anyway, I don't know if this is your question, but this, what your question sparked to me is like, we're trying to evaluate now, like, um, we, we hit our goal early and exceeded it basically on, on the, the, our, our email list that we had and that those, those are people who we already know really helped us get there. And now, you know, we're trying to evaluate how much uh, money we want to invest in like Facebook ads and things like that. And we're getting a lot of offers like, hey, you know, let us manage that for you. Um, so, but that's expensive. And so, you know, um, we want to come out of this with cash because there are some tooling costs. There are some things we, we want to, you know, we'll need to, you know, pay for to make this new product. And the more backers we get sort of the more flexibility we have in terms of, um, you know, tooling and things like that. And uh, so anyway, we're trying to evaluate like now, like um, how much, how much we want to do. And, and also, you know, since it's us making all these things, you know, we want to get them out on time. We're telling people, you know, we're shipping in by May um, and we want to, you know, we definitely want to do that. We have a track record of delivering ahead of schedule. Um, but, you know, we don't want to, if we blow it out too much, we'll have to push that back and, Anyway, we're trying, trying to trying to weigh that out. Hmm. And and is this something that now internally did you have a conversation around? We want to make sure these that people can use these in the summertime. Again, it's uh, like you know five degrees here in Detroit right now. Um, you know, so like you know not biking right now for a while. So like, is it something where you're like, man, we really want to make sure these are in people's hands this spring, summer? You know. Yes, that, absolutely. So like seasonality, like it, it's um, yes, and we're trying to advertise the fact you know, we're trying to let people know that yeah, we, we ship these by May, which is, you know, in time for summer for most people, especially North America. And our initial plan was to launch in June, which is like, you know, that's when people are thinking about biking and riding their bikes and using it January, probably not the best time to like to launch a bike clock, but uh, we didn't want to wait any longer. So we got it out there. Um, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And so let, let's kind of go back to maybe just, just the overall company and stuff. So, 
So, you know, the campaign ends in 26 days and then there's a couple of weeks for the money to drop. But, you know, what starts happening? I'm, I'm assuming manufacturing is kind of already starting, you know, but what starts the process to get the product uh, into people's hands in, in May? Um, so the first step is to like, um, I mentioned there's some tooling. So um, th there's some time there that we need to like finish the designs and, and place the order for the toolings we need from our vendors. And then we need to start you know, ordering the raw materials from our vendors. Um, so right now we're, it's communicating with our, with our vendors, letting them know like, hey, we met our goal. Like, you know, let's get the ball rolling. So uh, we're working on that right now. It's, John's really focused on that and um, just getting set up. We're also trying to make prototypes as we're going along now, because we want to get them out to, uh, to people. So does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Uh, and and what do you guys you know what sort of happens for the entire year for this product? Um, is it you know it goes on Shopify, Amazon, Walmart? You know how do you guys envision sort of Kickstarter fitting into this entire product launch? So um, so so Kickstarter is the primary focus right now, and we want to always sort of over deliver to our Kickstarter backers because we're so thankful that people are like willing to like take a chance on us and prepay for something you know, and trust us to deliver. So that's, that's our top priority is like over delivering to the Kickstarter backers. And then, um, and, and then the next step is, um, uh, you know, we, uh, we have uh, customers like, you know, independent bike shops around the country and some outside the U.S. And uh, we have a distributor. Anyway, so our sort of commercial vendors, we want to let them know and, and um, you know, hopefully start taking some pre-orders. And it's really helpful to say, well, you know, like this is the reaction on Kickstarter, so you know, people can can see that. Um, and then we will we'll put the products, we'll put this lock on on our website, targetlock.com, and we'll put it on Amazon. We sell, we're a third party seller on Amazon. Um, so um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a good cycle. And how about for what is like the next five years? look like for the company is it continuing to make more locks maybe moving into you know some other security style product like what do you guys sort of envision for the next five years or so well uh, more locks <laughs> <laughs> um and so we feel like we've got this sort of basic lock that's different from any other lock in the way that it works and you know works really well with bicycles so there's lots of we can do with bicycle locks making them both more secure or less secure and less expensive um, different sort of shapes for different kind of specific applications. You know, e-bikes are really popular. Our, our locks work well for e-bikes, but maybe there's something we do that's more e-bike specific. Um, and, you know, securing bikes on like on car racks and things like that is, is a need for security. So there, there are things we can do. So there's, you know, we want to expand our range in locks and, you know, we're, we're li we'd like, love to find other applications beyond bicycles. So, um, you know, that that's uh yeah that's cool awesome awesome well you know where can people find out more information outside of the kickstarter how can they sort of dive into your worlds find you on social media where should people go well uh thank you uh so our website is uh www.tigrlock.com so it's tiger pronounced like the animal but there's no e um and uh so there we're on instagram uh at tigerlock.com i think um if you search Tiger Lock, you'll find us. So on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter um, and on Amazon. And you can go on Amazon and search Tiger Lock. And, um, you know, we've got uh, 
a few hundred uh, product reviews there. So, um, you know, it's a good way to learn about uh, our products and what, you know, people have to say about them. And, uh, and send us an email, info at tigerlock.com. Either John or I will uh, respond and we respond right away. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jim, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know it's a busy time with a, uh, with a Kickstarter, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of plates spinning. Um, but I thought this was a great conversation. I always love talking to somebody who's, you know, got multiple products and, and, and has done this rodeo before. And, and, uh, cause I always think that there's great insight into that and, and, and for other people to hear, you know, this is what you're trying to get to running multiple campaigns, getting multiple products. And, uh, and I think you guys are doing a great job and, uh, I encourage everybody to go check this out over on Kickstarter right now. You got about 20 some, uh, probably 25 days to go or so. Um, so go check that out and, or go to the website, like, uh, like Jim said, and then check it all out. So Jim, thank you so much again for taking time out of your day. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Man. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Yeah, bye. Bye now. All right. How about that conversation with James from, uh, from Tiger Lock? Yeah, we got into, into the weeds on a lot of stuff here. So hopefully that was very helpful for you. And if you're somebody that you're thinking about going out and launching a product Kickstarter space. Well, before you do that, you should definitely have a call for us. Go over to woodshed.agency right now, backslash consultation. Pick a 20 minute time frame. We can at least just talk about it. Um, you don't have to hire us. There's no, uh, there's, there's, there's no, uh, there's no rules around it. We just have a nice, nice conversation and, and hopefully put you guys in the right mindset as to uh, what needs to happen to launch a product. Um, and again, if you're somebody that wants to, uh, you know, get a better lock for your bike, Go over to Kickstarter now. They've got about 20 some odd days to go here in the campaign and uh, and support them, support, support what they're working on and, and check out their products also on Amazon and stuff. So they've got, got a lot of stuff going on. But uh, appreciate everybody listening. And again, go leave us a review if you've enjoyed this conversation and uh, we'll talk to you all next time. All right, thanks.